podcast. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Ryan. And welcome to Time Out of Mind, a Steely Dan narrative experience. And uh, folks, bring your uh, saxophone because we've got a real jazzy one for you today. We are yes, going sir. over Parker's band. Off We're going the- to jazz town today, folks. We are going to Jazz Town off of the glorious album Pretzel Logic. What else do we listen to on this show? We, as far as the two of us are concerned, no other Steely Dan album exists except for Pretzel Logic. And speaking of Pretzel Logic, we are recording this on uh, Monday the 21st. Pretzel Logic came out on the 20th of February. So happy birthday, Pretzel Logic. Happy Pretzel Logic week to those who celebrate. We only celebrate it here. Um, this is the only week of the year you're actually allowed to listen to this podcast. Um, the winter, because... the spring, the summer of pretzel logic. Yes. So this pretzel logic is making me thirsty. I don't know about you. I couldn't agree more. I've been waiting to use that line for four episodes. <laughs> we are here to discuss the first of two real jazz songs on this album. We're talking about Parker's band. Parker's band is the first song on side B of Pretzel Logic, as mentioned, released in February of 74. Uh, happy birthday again. Uh, first song on the, on the B side. This was not a single, never released. Uh, once again, our singles off this were Ricky Don't Lose That Number, twice as an A side, and then the title track Pretzel Logic. And then we had Through With Buzz released twice as a B side. And any major dude will tell you we will be talking about those other ones in a few weeks to months. Pretzel Logic's not for months to possibly even a year from now. I don't know. So uh, Parker's Band, as I said, it, it, it's the start of the B-sides here. Flipping it over. So to break it down, Parker's band is an homage to uh, Charlie Parker, also known as Yardbird or Bird. He was a highly influential jazz saxophonist. He is the pioneer of bebop. He is known for his smooth style of syncopation, as Donald Fagan says on the track. Uh, to give you some, to give you some perspective, uh, the origins of jazz. They begin in New Orleans. There's four districts. New Orleans, the birthplace. Oh, hold on. Then there's... Stop. I'm going to stop you here. We should go all the way back. It started with the cavemen banging on rocks, and they figured out what beats were. That's true. And then music never happened again until New Orleans. Continue. We need to, we need to discuss all the elements. There were the caves of Altamira, where they were banging rocks. Then... There was New Orleans then there was in the jazz. 1900s. And nothing in between. So jazz starts in New Orleans, and there are four districts. Uh, Chicago, New York, and Kansas City. Charlie Parker is uh, one of the finest examples of Kansas City jazz. So he created bebop. He was a seminal figure in jazz. He influenced the likes of Dizzy Gillespie, Thelonious Monk, John Coltrane, Thelonious, Miles Davis, my old friend, and Steely Dan. 
Well, and, who didn't uh, influence Steely Dan? He lived a very interesting life uh, that kind of mimics Walter Becker's later life. Um, he was obsessed with his craft, much like Steely Dan. He was, he was uh, on record that he spent three to four years practicing up to 15 hours a day. And uh, in that time that he was recording in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, excuse me, just 20s and 30s, uh, he was limited by the 78 RPM uh, recording. So he had to pack everything into about three minutes. And this song comes in at 245. Um, so, um, Mike, you want to take us through uh, the song a little bit and, and give us a little overview here? Yeah, so it's it's it's... It's a different song for Steely Dan. It's especially for this album and especially for what we've listened to. Um, <clears throat> it's it's a different song. It starts off starts off really well with a nice little jazzy intro. You get this guitar piano type thing coming in right here. And it's jazzy as hell and it's smooth and it works. And I, I especially like this coming on if you're thinking about it in 74, you know, when they were not able to just type in the letters PAR and have this song come up, they'd have to flip the album over. And right after, right before this one, you're playing East St. Louis Toodaloo. So you're getting jazz onto jazz and jazz onto jazz. And you get this intro and it rolls, rolls right in. And then, so that's the intro. And then we're going to dive. We're going to actually just play the lyrics a little bit. We're going to give you guys about 30 seconds of it here. So, and it's it's talking about Charlie Parker. We're going to talk about that more. They just kind of threw in a bunch of references to him and made it work. You've got to come on, man, and take a piece of Mr. Parker's fan. All right. So that's the song right there. And then we get we, we get into some weird stuff in the second verse. We'll talk about the second verse. Uh, we're, we're trying to avoid rights issues. We, we love Steely Dan. And as much as I love Steely Dan, I don't want to get sued by Steely Dan. So personal. Although preference. that would be the greatest honor of my life. Oh, boy. What if we could get him to testify? <laughs> he listened to our podcast. <laughs> I- is it all worth I'm, it? Then? I'm getting misty. I'm getting misty just thinking about that. So, so let's do a little lyrical breakdown here. Yeah. Um, and this will kind of go into the biography of Charlie Parker. Charlie Parker died at 34. He Man. shaped the world of music. He died at 34. Made it a lot longer than a lot of people. He, he avoided the 27 Club. But he made Beat it to Jim the Morrison. Yes. Yeah, so here's an anecdote that kind of represents a lifetime. After a trip to Los Angeles with his group, most of his uh, band returned to New York, but Charlie Parker remained in California. And uh, instead of using the money he was given to buy a plane ticket, he bought heroin. And um, he he got he jumped on the horse. He got smacked up. And um, could we say he, actually, in fact, he jumped on the armadillo. He he jumped on the armadillo, and he. Um, That'll make I don't sense know if this later, was folks. due to the heroin because I haven't heard this too often, but he set a hotel room on fire and then ran naked through the lobby while intoxicated. I'm, so I'm once again reminding you, let he who lives in a glass house throw no stones. <laughs> who who among us 
hasn't accidentally lit themselves on fire in a hotel room and then run through it naked. I sure have. There's a reason I'm no longer allowed at uh, Motel 6 down in Newburgh, New York. You know, they uh, they were asking for it. The sheets are just so flammable looking. Yeah, especially that Newburgh, New York. Oh, yeah, Newburgh's known Newburgh, New York, come on the podcast. Um, So when Charlie Barger set his hotel room ablaze on a heroin bender, probably tuned up with some other stuff, he was um, discharged from the hospital and sent to the uh, Camarillo uh, Mental State Hospital for six months. And when he returned from his discharge, he created a song called Relaxin' at Camarillo, which is a self-aware kind of, uh, you know, poke of the ribs to himself that uh, he might have fallen off the deep end for a moment there. But he came back, he kept recording, and uh, I believe it was heroin that ultimately took his life and his, uh, I think he had a heart attack and died. But uh, an interesting man with an interesting legacy. Uh, Walter Becker, in, at points in his life, struggled uh, deeply with, with heroin. And uh, if you actually look at the arc of Charlie Parker's life and you kind of follow this album as a narrative, there to me seems like a parallel. And, and I don't know if it's a coincidence that the next song that we're discussing is called uh, Charlie Freak. And it's about a heroin addict, but we'll get there on the next. You'll, yeah, you'll hear about that next week. You'll hear all about Charlie Freak. So, um, <clears throat> I the yes. So. First verse, we we discussed Savoy Sides, and Savoy was his label, I believe. It was the label that released most of Charlie Parker's music. So that's where we're getting at. Parker's band, the smooth style of syncopation. That's some jazz, Kansas City, yada, yada, yada. And now my favorite line, as referenced earlier, you're riding by bareback on your armadillo, which, according to a genius.com annotator, which, again, at heart, aren't we all just genius.com annotators? Isn't that what this show is? Just us making genius annotations oratorily. Hope to be remembered that way. Uh, quote, likely refers to a time Charlie Parker rode a Palomino horse down 52nd Street in Manhattan to impress his girlfriend. That's smooth. That yes. is smooth. Yes. So this, this annotation is, however, unreviewed. So take that as you will. Um, poetic license may have been taken to change Palomino to Armadillo. Sure. Who's to say? Who's to say? What if he did ride an Armadillo down the road? So He might have thought it was an Armadillo when he set his hotel on fire. As we learn in verse 3, 52nd Street, that's a junction. And that's a musical junction. We've heard about 52nd Street before in music from, again, another New York man himself, the piano man, Mr. William Joel. Uh, Mr. William Joel did have his album, 52nd Street, and a song, 52nd Street. Uh, it is one of his more annoying songs as a fan of Mr. William Joel. And I'm struggling to find the album on Wikipedia because I typed in 52nd Street, 52th, 52th Street, everyone's favorite street. It's where the Tooth Fairy lives, actually, on 52th Street. Um, so... This song continues out, and then we end up, uh, well, we get the bridge. Should we talk about the bridge for a little bit? Because the bridge does feature the last appearance of a character we are yet to mention correctly. I, I did reference him inaccurately in an episode previously. Uh, the bridge is the last time we're going to hear from Mr. Jim Hodder. 
So before we get to Jim Hodder, who is the official drummer of Steely Dan at this moment in time, uh, when they are the unified um, uh, band of five, this song has a uh, very stimulating music experience if you're listening in a car or you're listening with high quality headphones, because driving the rhythm forward, there are actually two drum sets Much that are like being how there's played. There's two hosts to this podcast, driving the rhythm forward. Steely it's Dan. Very, Steely Dan, again, pretzel logic, time travel. They traveled forward in time, learned we were going to be doing this, and then went back and were like two drummers, two hosts. It all makes sense. This is a very jazzy podcast. And um, so the two drummers that are on this song both have very interesting stories. One is a uh, man who was a uh, young protege at the time. His name was Jeff Porcaro, who later became a member of the band Toto. But he was a highly respected studio musician who played on over 100 albums in his lifetime. His notable hits include, but are not limited to, uh, Michael McDonald, I keep forgetting, Michael Jackson's Jackson's Beat It, Mm. and uh, Don Henley, Dirty Laundry. Someone else was on Beat It, famous. Eddie Van Halen, I think, did the guitar for Beat It, no? I don't know. I I think that this is not a Michael Jackson podcast, folks. I hope so. (laughs) <laughs> we are not of the belief of Michael Jackson. I don't think he's real. I think it's actually Captain EO. <laughs> I think Captain EO is real. And he was, what was the name Michael of his Jackson. monkey? Bubbles? Bubbles? No, I couldn't tell you. Or were Macaul- they the same? Macaulay? Mm, no. Should that I cut that joke? I think Macaulay was his lover. Macaulay Calkin. And uh, Bubbles was his monkey. But, um, okay. Back, Jeff Macaulay. Back to the... Back to the uh, stuff at hand here. Jeff Picaro, first drummer. Second drummer, Jim Gordon. The commissioner. Jeff Gordon was a drummer for... Did you say Derek... Jeff or Jim Gordon? Jim Gordon. Sorry, not the NASCAR driver. Yeah, Jim, Jim Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, the commissioner. Perhaps the same person. This Jim Gordon has an interesting and colorful past. He was the session drummer here. He was the drummer for Derek and the Dominoes. Oh, interesting. They got him on his knees. He is, he is an amazingly famous drummer, very, very skilled. Uh, Unfortunately, his name lives in infamy because on June 3rd, 1983, Jim Gordon. Yeah. Why don't you guess? Murder. Murder. Jim Gordon attacked. This is a true crime podcast now. Jim Gordon attacked his 72-year-old mother, Osa Gordon, with a hammer before fatally stabbing her to death with a butcher knife. I was right. (laughs) That was really a guess. He murdered his mother with a butcher knife, and he claimed that a voice told him to kill her. Um, So he had a schizophrenic schizophrenic break from reality. Maybe he he was both drummers. Perhaps. Perhaps, perhaps that was the secret to his genius. And uh, while Jeff Procaro and Jim Gordon were drumming, Jim Hodder was relegated to the backup vocals in the song. And, and third drummer, but they never found a song they needed a third drummer on. No. Yes. But uh, yeah, so so Jim Hodder uh, was the drummer on the Dan's first two albums fully. Uh, he was on Camp by a Thrill and Countdown to Ecstasy. And then, as Brian just described, relegated possibly murdered used to say um <laughs> we don't really know 
uh sure jim hotter might not have died until 1990 but maybe it was murder and not whatever actually killed him maybe it was murder one day but hotter saying uh a couple weeks ago i i accidentally said that becker sang midnight cruiser it was actually jim hotter who sang midnight cruiser um so he is thelonious's old friend so steely dan and thelonious obviously in that song is thelonious monk a noted inspiration by charlie parker so it all comes full circle it's all comes back to one like brian knight said all dodecahedron to one so um uh, anything so, else you, you want to talk about lyrically in this song? I like the bridge. I like the bridge. I think the bridge works really well. We will spend a dizzy That dizzy reference is actually a uh, heavy-handed reference to Dizzy Gillespie, who was a. Uh, uh, that co- makes sense. Co-writers. I was also going to guess that they were just spending a weekend high as balls. Yes, also could be both. To be honest, double entendre. Who's to say? Uh, we'll listen to what made the preacher dance. Son of a preacher, man. Uh, so uh, musically, this song though, I think I think this song is the star. I might even go as far as saying musically the star of the album in terms of pure instrumentation. I think this this works musically so well. And in a way, almost, I don't want to say it's where they peaked musically, but I think it really defines kind of what Steely Dan could be musically. And that it's them doing their own version of a song, but like making it sound so unique, making it sound this whole thing that's a jazz song that at the same time sounds like a rock song and sounds like at the time a pop song. That was something that's so uniquely Steely Dan, and I think it works out so well, and it's so cool. I totally agree. And uh, they also include um, bebop syncopations. There yeah. is a, a saxophone. There's actually two saxophones, an alto and a tenor, that also work an, in stereo. An alter, so if you're you listening say an to alter it, and a tenor? Yes, it's an altar boy and a tennis player. Uh, an alto sax and a, so and a an tenor altar boy saxophone. and a tennis player walk into a bar. <laughs> and uh, my recommendation when you listen to this song, you have to actively listen and listen to a studio version of it when you have headphones or you're in a car. You can hear two saxophones coming at you at the same time. It's moving at a uh, it's moving at a Charlie Parker scale, one of one of the scales that he pioneered. And uh, the drums are coming in from different directions. It's, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing listen. Yeah, the instrumentation, it's phenomenal. Uh, and it's something we're going to try and put some stems in here and there when we're talking about stuff. But the stems on it really don't do it justice. You really just need to listen to it, um, which is something we can't really do for you on this show. Sometimes you guys have to do work. I apologize. We're making you do shit. You have homework. Go listen to this song. Find the best speakers you can and listen to it because it's cool and it's what makes Steely Dan so cool. So anything else you want to talk about on the uh, on the music or should we move on to some segments here? The only thing I have to say is that uh, one of the saxophone players was uh, Walt Weisskopf, who is a favorite of Donald Fagan. And the other was a, a, a man by the name of Cornelius Bumpus, which is the name of the day. Yeah, he's he he's earning a prize right there on that name alone. It's pretty great. Pretty, yeah, pretty, great. pretty phenomenal. So let's move on to a couple of segments. This song, as Ryan had alluded to a little bit, has been played live a couple of times. 
So, uh, Ryan, as we did with uh, what song was that that was played live? Not with a gun. The one after that, uh, "Monkey in Your Soul," our our absolute favorite song ever recorded. "Monkey in Your Soul." As we've done that episode, we are going to make you guess. Uh, I'm going to give you three songs, and you're going to rank them in order based on how many times they have been played live by Steely Dan. So, we are going to give you the title track from their Grammy award-winning album, Two Against Nature. We are going to give you Parker's Band, and we are going to give you The Boston Rag. Put those in order for me. I would say Boston Rag most, then Parker's Band, then Two Against Nature. I regret to inform you, you only got one of those three correct. Which one? Parker's Band. Damn it. <laughs> Two Against Nature, remarkably high on the list. Two Against Nature has been played 120 times. You win times one live. Grammy. You win one Grammy, you and then all of a sudden you Pitchfork get a Pitchfork gives head. you a 1.6. <laughs> <laughs> you win a Grammy. You beat, you beat Radiohead for a Grammy. You play that song 122 times. You play wow. Parker's Band only 111, and you play the Boston Rag 75. That's so Boston rocks. Rag, uh, ahead of Monkey With Your Soul, though. Both of those. All three of those. So uh, next segment is going to be Guess the Ranking, everyone's favorite segment on this show. I figure if mm. I refer to every segment as everyone's favorite segment, no one will get mad at me if it's not their favorite segment because all their favorite segments – will be their favorite sec this favorite segment. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of angry emails. Yeah, people are very mad it. about us referring to segments as not their favorites. People like their segments being felt good. That that was a sentence that made sense too right there. <laughs> Words Indeed. being felt good. So Ryan, out of a possible 84 tracks, where do you think the users of the Steely Dan subreddit have ranked the song parker's band as a reminder i'll give you a little bit of context here <clears throat> monkey in your soul was 72 with a gun 77 through with buzz 78 63 that's a good guess you were close it's 58th oh wow that's not bad and at all i agree with that uh in 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 this set in this sense, I agree with that, that it's the best song we've done so far. I think by a landslide. I I'm beginning to realize close. by these numbers that everyone kind of feels the same way I do that. Pretzel Logic has a couple of gems. Yes. But it's not their best work by any means. The, I, the peaks of Pretzel Logic are great, and the lows of Pretzel Logic are low, low, low. And as we have teased every week, keep coming back because this is not the lowest ranked song on pretzel logic we're it approaching it we will be there at some point by uh when is our last pretzel logic episode week uh oh boy it, it will occur sometime within the first 51 episodes you will hear the worst song on pretzel logic you're gonna have to keep coming back until we get there though mm-hmm. um so in our final segment and our favorite segment as all segments are our favorite segment our final segment today is Hey 19, in which we rank 
the song on a scale of 1 to 19 haze from El Toro Oro to the Cuervo Gold. From Guadalajara to uh, the Fine Colombian. Sorry, I was just thinking about all these haze I'm about to give out. All the haze we're about to give out. So, Ryan, on a scale of 1 to 19 haze, how many haze are you giving Parker's Band? Parker's Band gets 10 haze for me. 10 haze from you. That's consistent. As we just said, this is our favorite one so far, and that is your highest ranked one. I am also going to give it my highest score so far. I am going to give this one 12 haze. Wow. 12 haze out of 19. I love this song. I think it's great. I like the music. I like the words. I like the way it jams. And it just kind of, it makes me want to dance more than I think a lot of Steely Dan songs do. This song just makes me want to get up, shake my little butt, shake my little rump and go up there and just do some grooving. Do some syncopated grooving and moving. I like this song. It's just very stimulating. If you exactly. actively listen to it, you got a lot of moving parts. The drums are kicking. The saxophone's great. The words the are singing's fun. Okay. The, the, sing- the singing's okay. The singing's okay. The theme's fun. The, the, yeah. weird, the words are fun and the, the rhythm is fun. And the chorus, I mean, the chorus is so simple. And like the outro part of the chorus, it's so simple, but like it just makes you happy. Come on, man, and take a piece of Mr. Parker. Clap your hand and take a piece of Mr. Parker. Come on, man, and take a piece of Mr. Parker's band. Dun-dun. It's good. That was marvelous. Folks. Was really good. Folks, I, I, well, we just missed. That was Donald Fagan, actually, and he just left. He's gone. He has gone back, into that. He, he, he has gone into that deep, dark night. Uh, so, alas... Our quest to interview Donald Fagan. Once again, Don, come on the podcast. Uh, before we go, this episode is brought to you by the Camarillo Medical Mental Hospital. Hospital. If you find yourself addicted to drugs, if you find yourself using too much of that fine Colombian, if you find yourself riding bareback on an armadillo down 52nd Street in Manhattan at rush hour, perhaps it's time for you to go to the Camarillo. Take a stroll. Take a stroll down the Camarillo. Suddenly, the music hits you, and that music, it's addiction. We've all been there. You got to figure it out, guys. So if you do, head on down to the Camarillo. Use promo code TIMEOUTOFMIND for $20 off your stay. You can do it. The Camarillo Mental Hospital. I'm assuming it's still open. They contacted us 56 years ago to do this ad and we just we kind of forgot about it to be honest we were looking at some records and realized we had to get made do a make good and make them feel good so <clears throat> the camarillo so folks that is it for pretz or for uh parker's been not it for pretzel logic don't worry the 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 hellish drive continues for another couple of weeks here of us listening to exclusively and nothing but pretzel logic so we will be back next week to discuss Charlie Freak, the Dan's darkest song? Perhaps. Who's to say? Who's to say? I'll tell you. I will tell you who's to say. Who's to say is us. We. We are to say. So we are going to discuss Charlie Freak and all things about it next week on time on another episode of Time Out of Mind. And we are once again signing off, reminding you that the silver may turn to gold. And this is they got the
podcast. 